Hey, everybody, this is Pastor Luke McDonald, and this is the Good News in the Neighborhood podcast. Thanks so much for joining us. You're going to find two things in this feed in this season. You're going to find Sunday sermons from our church in Palatine, Illinois, and you're going to find an occasional little piece of content that is towards our initiative to try to help our church read the Bible more regularly. It's called Good With Our Bibles. We're trying to read the Bible regularly, and we're trying to interpret it accurately. And that's what you're going to find in this feed. We are a multi-ethnic Bible teaching life-giving church. This is our little theme song that you're hearing in the background. And uh, it helps us, anything you do, rating the podcast, sharing it, all that stuff helps the word get out. We're not trying to build the name of a church. We're trying to build the name of Jesus in our little local community. And if you found this, I hope it's useful to you. Thank you. Let's listen now. My uh, friend Roy Patterson, who's the Community Relations Director at Moody Bible Institute and who's been a friend of mine for a long time and of our church since this church was just a dream, is uh, coming to preach to us now. I'm not going to give a flowery uh, thing because I know his heart is the same as mine. We're here to honor God and his word, but I would appreciate if you would welcome him as he comes to preach to us now. Good morning, everybody. Man, it's so good to be here, and it's just a blessing to uh, worship the Lord the way we worship today. Thank you so much, Praise Team, for your ministry. I uh, just want to thank God for you, and uh, thank God for Pastor Luke and Kristen, just the whole Good News family. I believe God is doing something really big in this area, and he's using you to do it. So I want to read scripture, and if you don't mind, will you stand with me as we look into God's word? Amen. Uh, we've got Genesis chapter 37. Read now the ESV, beginning at verse 2. It says, These are the generations of Jacob. Joseph, being 17 years old, was pasturing the flock with his brothers. He was a boy with the sons of Bilhah and Zilpah, his father's wives, and Joseph brought a bad report of them to their father. Now... Israel loved Joseph more than any other of his sons because he was the son of his old age, and he made him a robe of many colors. But when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers, they hated him and could not speak peacefully to him. Now Joseph had a dream, and when he told it to his brothers, they hated him even more. He said to them, Hear this dream I have dreamed. Behold, we were binding sheaves in the field, and behold, my sheaf arose and stood upright, and behold, your sheaves gathered around it and bowed down to my sheaf. His brother said to him, Are you indeed to reign over us, or are you indeed to rule over us? So they hated him even more for his dreams and for his Words. I'm going to jump over to Genesis 50. Uh, verse 20, it says, As for you, you meant, it, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good to bring it about many, to bring about many people that should be saved and kept alive as they are today. Um, King James Version said, You meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. Isn't that great news right there? Amen. All right, so I want to speak to you from this theme. Just because I've had nightmares doesn't mean that I don't have a dream. Amen. So would you look at a neighbor and repeat that after me? Look at a person that's next to you and say, neighbor, 
You got to look them in the face, though. Look them straight in the face. Convince them of this thing. Say it with some authority. Neighbor, just because I've had nightmares doesn't mean I don't have a dream. Come on, clap your hands and give God a praise, will you? Amen. God is good, isn't he? And he's good all the time. Uh, let's, let's pray. Dear God, send your word now in power and authority. Thank you for this ministry. Thank you for these precious people. And thank you for what you want to do. We want you to have your way. And we look to you by faith to do what only you can do in our midst. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Have a seat, please. All right. Man, the praise team was so good today. Uh, usually I sing before I speak, but they were so good, I'm tempted not to. But yield not to temptation. Amen. Um, how many of you guys like hymns? Okay, that's good. About five people. That's wonderful. Wonderful. Amen. So I, I want to sing a hymn. I put some hot sauce on it, though. Is, is that okay? You guys are all right. All right. Let's play that song, please. An old Fanny Crosby song. It sort of has a Vegas vibe to it. Amen. Amen. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine heir of salvation purchase of God born of his spirit washed in his blood this is my story this is my song Raising my Savior all the day long. This is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. Perfect submission. All is at rest. I in my Savior am happy and blessed. We're watching and waiting, waiting. We're looking above, filled with his goodness, lost in his love. My story. This is my song. Praising my Savior all day long. This is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior. Praising my Savior, praising my Savior all the day long. Come on, clap your hands, somebody. All the day long, all day long, 
you brought anybody through some stuff here. I'll praise on a Monday, I'll praise on a Tuesday, I'll praise on a Wednesday, I'll praise on a Thursday, I'll praise on a Friday. I'll praise on a good day, praise on a bad day, praise on an up day, praise on a down day. Yeah, yeah, all the day long. Come on, let's give God a praise, somebody. Hallelujah. He's worthy, isn't he? He's worthy of all of our praise. Now, I love stories. Any, any readers in here, you love books? Yeah, man, I'm, I'm, I'm the same way. And um, I don't want to just read about victories. I want to read about struggles. I want to read about people that have gone through some stress and some strife. And what did they do to turn the tide? I want to read about frustration, about depression and loneliness and naysayers. Joseph, he's my guy. He definitely knew about personal triumph, yeah. He was prime minister in Egypt, certainly an overcomer. They made a play about him starring Donny Osmond. I mean, he's the man, <laughs> absolutely. But he also knew what it was to have some struggles just because I have nightmares doesn't mean that I haven't had a dream and that I don't have a dream. Every now and then we'll look at TV and we will think, look at those highlights and look at how they won. But along the way, there were some hits, there were some misses, there were some fumbles, there were some difficulties, and life isn't just filled with highlights. It's got plenty of struggles. And so this morning, I want to talk about Joseph and what he did to overcome the nightmares in his life. When you look in the Bible, you'll find the word dream is mentioned 123 times. Oddly enough, you don't find the word nightmare. And yet you see nightmare after nightmare after nightmare after Adam and Eve took a bite of that fruit. Here's the reality. You don't have to be asleep or unconscious to have a nightmare, let alone a dream. You can have a nightmare while you're wide awake and you are hoping that you will wake up from this pain, from this sorrow, from this mishap, whatever might be going on. Oh, God, don't let this be true. And yet you're right in the thick of it. Can I talk about a couple of nightmares that Joseph had? Thank you so much. I'm going to do just that. Number one, he had a nightmare in his family. Nightmare in his family. Joseph was about 17 years old in the 37th chapter of Genesis. His family put the funk in the word dysfunctional family. His brother Judah unknowingly slept with his daughter-in-law. Reuben knowingly slept with Bilhah his father's concubine, and by the way, this was some of his brother's mother. His sister Dinah was unfortunately raped. His brothers Simeon and Levi, they went to the town, tricked the people, and killed every man, including the rapist, killed every man in that town. His father Laban was a swindler. His mother and auntie, stepmom, did all that they could to fight for his father's attention. His father, Jacob, was a con man and was openly uh, 
loving and kind, more loving, more kind to Joseph. He was his favorite, and he didn't care who knew it. Uh, he made him a coat of many colors. It symbolized honor and favoritism and, and a double portion of what all the other brothers would receive. His brothers hated him and could not speak peacefully to him. It was a dysfunctional family. I know they don't have any dysfunctional families out in this area like we do in Chicago, but this right here was something else. His brothers really had three issues. Number one, jealousy. Isn't it interesting that jealousy can make you focus on the blessings of others even though you are surrounded by blessings? Even though you are steep, deep in the favor of God, you're so focused on what other people have you almost kill yourself trying to hurt them. Number two, they lacked vision. I really believe that all his brothers had the gift of interpreting dreams because I don't know how they got out of Joseph's dream, what they got out of it, and not have what he had in order to uh, survive and thrive and to interpret. It was amazing. I, I really believe in... 2023, we've got to have vision. Uh, Fanny Crosby wrote that wonderful song, uh, Blessed Assurance, and, and what a blessing uh, for her. She was blind, and yet she could see why we ought to praise God. Helen Keller also blind, and she said, it's one thing not to have sight. It's another thing not to have vision. We've got to be able to see beyond what we see in order to accomplish what's not being accomplished in the world, let alone in our own lives. I, I, wanna, I want you to make this confession right now. And it might be awkward for some of you, but uh, the Lord helped me when I was pastoring a church many years ago. Um, there's more to me than what you see. I need you to say that. There's more to me than what you see. Now, I want you to say a little more convincing than that. As a matter of fact, look at your neighbor one more time and tell him there's more to me than what you see. Uh, God's got his hand on me. Come on, say that. God is working on me. I may not be what I want to be. I may not be where I want to be. But thank God Almighty, I'm not where I used to be. Come on, just a little more confession. I'm on my way somewhere. You may not see it. You may not know it. But God's got a purpose and a plan for my life. And I've got a vision. I'm going to walk in victory. I'm going to walk in anointing. I'm going to walk in power. Come on, if you believe it, clap your hands and give God a praise, somebody. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Okay, so the issue of jealousy, lack of vision, and then desperation. Um, this is the weird thing about some people. God help us all, but it's, it's a weird thing. They will try to stop you because they're not ascending. They're not going up. They're not going forward. And if they can't stop you from dreaming, they will try to strip you of your coat of many colors, a.k.a. your worth. Uh, the coat that says you are special, you're unique, you're favored. Know that God has enough love for all of us to be his favorite children. I believe that with all my, my heart. There's no need to try to pull someone else down or strip them so you can feel better about yourself. Uh, here's some good news at Good News Church. Amen. Uh, even if they do strip you of your coat 
or your position of your platform, please know that they cannot strip you of your destiny. For Joseph, this was the first step toward fulfillment of his dream. His brothers throwing him in a pit. His brothers selling him into slavery. Lord, have mercy. What kind of family is this? Okay, point number two. First, we dealt with nightmare in the family. How about nightmare on his job? He sold into slavery. This is, for, for you Bible readers, it fascinates me that uh, his own brother sold him to uh, his half-brothers, the Ishmaelites. And the Ishmaelites sold him into a land where they hated him or hated Jews in general, Egypt. Next thing he knew, he was a slave. And he's far from home with people that don't like him. Uh, it's fascinating how he is going through some difficult times. Um, the, even the Ishmaelites, think about it for a second. Ishmael was the son of Abraham, and, and he's sent away. He's rejected, and it's a painful, difficult time for Hagar as well. And yet God speaks, and he says, I see you. I, I, I feel you. I'm, 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 I'm with you. Hagar and Ishmael, they survived, and it was poetic justice in some ways that they have Joseph in their grips, and they sell him to some people that don't like him. It's amazing to me how God has this thing woven together, and even though other people might be negative and a little crazy about it, God knows what he's doing. Anyway, he ended up being bought by a man named Potiphar. He was the captain of the king's guard. He was rich. He was powerful. He's smart. He really is. Uh, Chuck Swindoll put it like this. He said he was the chief executioner. He was the last person you wanted to cross. He was the last person you wanted to be in trouble with. Now, Potiphar was smart enough to notice that everything that Joseph touched, it turned to gold. It prospered. It was amazing. It, it, just, it just was. And so he put him over more and more and more. I want to pause right there and say, are you the kind of employee or worker that your boss would put over more stuff because everything you do, it prospers? Or are you the kind of employee that the, uh, the employer is wondering, why in the world did he hire you? And uh, because you don't give them the vibe that you serve the Lord Christ. All right, let's keep moving. Um, I, 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 I want you to think about this for a second. God's hand is on you. God's favor is on you. And you not only bring that to this church, you bring it to your job. You bring it to your neighborhood. You bring it to your family. Uh, I really believe that God wants to use you in some great and some mighty ways and unconventional ways. And I just believe that God is doing something tremendous through this ministry. And I believe that whenever God is really blessing you, there is a devil that wants to stop you. Um, it was Tozer who once said, the mistake that some Christians make is that they think that life is only a playground when in reality it's a battleground. And we got to know that there is an enemy of our soul out there trying to stop us and to hinder us. And, and, and let's face it, wouldn't it be nice if everything that we were trying to accomplish, they, someone would throw a parade for us, uh, everybody would pat us on the back and they're excited for us, etc. Wouldn't that be nice? Um, but you know what? Life is just not like that, is it? Uh, there are challenges, there are pitfalls, there are issues along the way. And, and to be honest, uh, this sounds a little crazy, but it's the reality. Uh, it makes life a little more interesting when, when people can't stand you. 
when people judge you <laughs> and misjudge you and all kind of crazy, goofy things happen, it just makes it more, more interesting. Amen. Who would want to live a life where it's only popsicles and lollipops? Amen. I see 10 hands saying, yes, I would. I wouldn't mind that at all. Well, life is not like that. It's really not. Amen. So Joseph is prospering. He's blessed. He's still a slave. He's still 17-ish. And um, maybe, just maybe, this guy will let him go. Then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Miss Potiphar notices more than his works. She brushes past him. Oh, Joseph, I'm sorry I bumped into you. Forgive me, will you? I'm sorry. I just like the way you smile. I like the way when you pick up the, the broom and the mop, the way your muscles just explode. It's just, oh, you're, you're, you're something special. You're, you're one of those holy people, aren't you? I just love how God created us in his image. God must be very handsome, too. Amen. And, you know, it's just, I'm just trying to do my job. I'm just trying to serve. He tells her, I'm not going to mess with you. Uh, leave me alone. She makes it plain. No, I want to sleep with you. No, I'm not going to do that. God has blessed me. Your husband trusts me. Leave me alone. Uh, I, we can't do anything. Just, just stop it. He's in his sexual prime. Uh, scholars say she's an Egyptian trophy wife. Some scholars go on as far to say because uh, the captain of the guard is in Pharaoh's court, he... Uh, is not able to function. He has uh, gone through an operation, as it were. And so as a result of that, she's a frustrated soul. And now she's trying to take out her frustrations on Joseph. And it's a mess in the middle of a mess. Leave me alone. And one day she can't stand any longer. She grabs him by the coat and runs out. Joseph runs out. I like what another scholar said, Pastor Luke. Uh, he said, have you noticed that Joseph had a coat of many colors? Now he's running out of his coat of employment. Isn't it, isn't it interesting how God is, is making this young man cleave to him more than cleaving to that coat or this coat too? He is determined to walk with God. Let's keep moving on this and think about it for a second. Wow. I want to live right. I want to live holy. Let's, let's pause just, just for a second, then I'm going to accelerate to make sure I stay within my time. Sometimes, 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 temptation and tribulation and all these things come our way, and I think what gets me about me, I'll just talk about me, is that I'm shocked that it comes my way. I'm, I'm surprised. I, I shouldn't be shocked. I shouldn't be amazed that tribulation and temptation and these things come my way. I, I shouldn't be. The devil wants to hinder me. The devil wants to hinder you, wants to stop us from being all that God would have us to be. Okay. Um, when it comes to working a job, uh, how many of you in here work? Anybody? Am I the only one? Now, I work at Moody Radio, 90.1 FM. Anybody listen to Moody Radio? About three people. All right. I got to work on this. God help us today. 90.1 FM, Moody Radio, and urbanpraiseradio.org. Uh, I've worked other jobs, too. Um, sometimes when you work, <laughs> sometimes when you work, things go haywire. They go a little crazy. Uh, I thank God for Moody, but I've had other jobs that went haywire. I remember one job I had, uh, the boss, he um, did not like me as I was leaving, so he gave me a briefcase. 
and he put a snake in it. Yeah. It was crazy. It, it, it was absolutely crazy. I remember another job that I had. Um, I worked at a juvenile detention center, and um, it was maximum security. Some of these young people had done heinous crimes. One young person, he killed his parents, and then he put them in the freezer. Good God almighty. I, I, I remember one day my boss came in and was messing with some of the the uh, young men and just said, hey, you know, you look goofy, you look stupid. That's why you're incarcerated, because you're not intelligent. And I'm thinking, this, these are not the right people to mess with. These, these, you don't go in on these people. They, they, they've got some anger issues and impulse issues. Don't, don't do that. And so she starts to, to mock this young man. And before I know it, he begins to mock her back. And everybody in the room just laughed at her. And so she said, Mr. Patterson, can I see you for a second? So I go into her office, and she says, okay, you know we're in the library. Yes, I know we're in the library. Uh, I'm sure he's got some books that don't belong to him, and so this is what we're going to do. I want to have you go to his cell, and I want you to inspect his cell. If you find any books that belong to the library, that's considered contraband, and we're going to put him in solitary confinement. I said, we can't do that. You mess with him. He got the best of you. Um, just leave it at that. Would you please just, just leave it at that? Don't do that. Mr. Patterson, I'm giving you a direct order. Really? If you don't do exactly what I say, I will pick up this phone right now, and I will have you fired. Really? Yes. I wasn't walking in the spirit. Amen. I picked up the phone and handed it to her. And so she called the warden, and um, he said, come on down to my office. We walked down there. And the whole time we're walking down, I'm going to get you fired. I'm sick of people not doing what I say, and, and, and you're ridiculous too, trying to take a stand for these young people. This just doesn't make any sense. This is crazy. And she's just talking, talking, talking. I'm not saying anything. We get in front of the, the warden, and he says, okay, what happened? She explains it. Uh, and I can't get a word in edge, edgewise. I didn't even want to say anything. And she's just railing on me. And he needs to be fired. He's ridiculous. And I don't want him anymore in this position. Get rid of him. The warden says, okay, Miss McGillicuddy, for lack of a, uh, saying her name, uh, can you step out for a second? Mr. Patterson, please stay. And so I just sat there and I looked at him, preparing myself to be fired. And he just looked at me. He shook his head, and he said, you know she crazy, right? <laughs> Just try to go along the best you can and watch out because she's got it out for you. Let, let me ask you this. Has anybody ever worked a crazy job before? Anybody? Don't, don't, don't raise your hand because your boss might be in here. Anybody ever had a crazy supervisor before? Let me flip it. Anybody ever had crazy employees before? Again, don't raise your hand. Amen. God will sometimes take you through nightmare experiences, not only in your family, but on your job. And yet, I want to encourage you, he's pushing you forward. It might not be the wind that you want at your back, but God is using trials. He's using tribulations to move you forward. Let me give you the last point, and I'll be done. Nightmare when it comes to ministry. 
nightmare in ministry. Um, despite the glamorous side of ministry seen on TV programs or heard on radio, ministry can be two-sided. Joy, pain, sunshine, rain. Say it again. Joy, pain, sunshine, and rain, it, it can be just like that. You experience great joy in leading people to Christ and great hurt as you suffer attacks from Satan, the saints, and the flesh. I want to give you a couple of Fs. Not that these are grades, but these, the words begin with F, and I believe these, these words can be helpful to you. Uh, one of the things you have to deal with in ministry is faithfulness. Somebody say faithfulness. Joseph interprets uh, fellow prisoners' dreams. It's interesting after uh, Miss Potiphar says, this Hebrew, this Jew that you brought in here, he tried to attack me. No, he didn't. You did it. Well, well, he did, and it's an embarrassment. You need to deal with him. Again, chief executioner easily could have had his head cut off. He puts him in prison. I think there's a statement in that. His back was against the wall, but, but he, he puts him in this, in this prison instead of killing him. The Bible says that while he's there, two men come before him. Um, one is a butler, one is the, the cook, and they both have a dream. And um, after they have the dream, they're both disturbed by it. And you would have thought that, that um, Joseph would have had an attitude. Instead, he says, what's wrong? What's wrong with y'all? What's, what's the problem? We had this dream, and person A says this, person B says that. You'd have thought Joseph would have said, you know what? I don't interpret dreams anymore. The dream interpreting business is closed. The last time I interpreted a dream, last time I had a dream, my brothers threw me in a pit, then they sold me into slavery. No, he's faithful in ministry. He interprets the dream. You're going to be restored. Don't forget about me when you get back to where you're going to in front of Pharaoh. Don't forget about me. You're going to die. In three days, your head's going to be cut off. Lord, have mercy faithful. Keep preaching. Some, someone put it like this. Sometimes you have to lead while you bleed. I, I don't know how many times I've stood up, and I'm sure this is the same with Pastor Luke and then the other uh, folks who are up front. Uh, how many times I stood up and I was hurting? I was going through trials and tribulations, and I'm telling other people, hold on, be strong. God is with you. God's not going to leave you nor forsake you. Be faithful anyway. I believe this all in my heart. Birds have to fly. Uh, fish have to swim. Preachers have to preach. Singers have to sing. You are called to do certain things. And you might feel like Jeremiah. I'll never utter another word of prophecy again. But it's like fire shut up in your bones. You know you have to do the call of God in your life. That's the first F is faithfulness. Be faithful. Second F, forgetfulness. You gotta, you gotta work with forgetfulness. Uh, the butler, he forgot him. People will forget or minimize the work that you've done. Uh, it's hard work, but it's necessary work. And, and it's, it's hard not to be remembered or not to be acknowledged. You have to find a way to remember that you serve the Lord Christ. Uh, you might be forgotten by men, but God knows you're not forgotten by Jesus. He's with you. He'll never leave you, nor will he forsake you. Your labor is not in vain. Two years later, Pharaoh had a dream. 
I love this. Joseph had been there Sunday after Sunday, wondering when is my change going to come. Sunday after Sunday of bewilderment, of trepidation, feeling forgotten while others seem to move on with their lives. Two years is about 100 Sundays. Come on, somebody. Seemingly out the blue, Pharaoh needs ministry that only Joseph can provide. Uh, I, I know you've had 100 Sundays. How many of you have been here for all the 100 Sundays? Um, how many know what it's like to uh, be faithful uh, to a ministry? Anybody here faithful to this ministry? Amen. Amen. Come on, put your hands up high because I want the pastor to turn around and tell me if that's true or not. Amen. <laughs> Uh, how many of y'all know that God has a calendar and a clock? Anybody? That God has an appointed time for you to get your breakthrough. God has an appointed time for you to come out with deliverance, to come out with victory and with joy. And it might not be the clock or the, the, uh, the time frame that you want, but whether it's 100 Sundays, 100 days, uh, or whatever it might be, God knows when he's going to do something great and significant in your life. Uh, this was not the time for Joseph to say, uh, I'm, I'm not going to serve, I'm not going to be involved, uh, but he has to remember that God has not forgotten him, and he's still at work in his life. Okay, I'm still dealing with forgetfulness. Uh, what God has for you is for you. Joseph had two sons. One was named Manasseh. His name means God has made me forget. God has made me forget. I don't think that he forgot how wrong his brothers had done him or how wrong it was for the butler to forget him, but he does have to face his private, personal pain. Uh, I believe when I, I wrote this uh, the other day, I, I, I felt like somebody needed to hear that. Uh, God will bring you to a point where you have to deal with whatever is deep down rooted inside you, and you have to make a decision, I'm going to go on in the name of Jesus. I refuse to be stuck here. I, I refuse to uh, let this thing hinder me or consume me. I've got to go on. I will face it. I will see it for what it is, and then I will close the chapter of that book. Do I have anybody here that is determined to move on in the name of Jesus? Because it's a mighty sad thing when pain of the past causes you to treat new relationships with difficulty. It's, it's, it's painful when new opportunities come your way and you treat it with skepticism or a blessing. You treat that as a curse. No, I'm, 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 I'm closing the chapter on that. I'm moving on in the name of Jesus because I believe that the God who is with me and has brought me to this point, he's going to lead me higher and he's going to dig me deeper. Come on, somebody say amen. All right, last point here. The last F, rather, is fruitfulness. His second son's name was Ephraim. God has made me fruitful in the land of my affliction. Uh, the word fruitful in Hebrew is para. It means to bear, to bring forth, to grow, and to increase. Uh, I, I really do love this. Joseph was not supposed to survive slavery, but he did. He wasn't supposed to prosper in prison, but he did. God has a way of taking the lowly and raising them up. Some stuff won't go higher until it's pushed deep down 
in the dirt. Uh, the foundation has to be just right to sprout and to grow. Some fruit won't grow until it's the right season. Come on, somebody. Watermelon's not going to grow in wintertime. It's just not going to do it. Amen. It's it got to be summertime. Depth and season matter. Only God, the great gardener, knows when and where fruition will happen. I believe that's why we've got to trust God. We've got to trust in the Lord with all our heart and lean not to our own understanding and all our ways we've got to acknowledge him. And he's going to perfect those things that concern us. He's going to bring it to pass. I love it. One more time, let me say it. He may not come when you want him, but he'll be there right on time. I really believe that with all my heart. Uh, here's the part that I really like, and I hope you catch this before I wrap up. Uh, Joseph already has a new family, a beautiful Egyptian wife. He has a great position, has tremendous wealth. Then God gives him what he put out of mind, what he never dreamed would happen. I, I, some of y'all know what I'm talking about here. Sometimes God will reach back and say, I, I know I blessed you, I've kept you, I, I've caused you to survive all these other issues, but I also haven't forgotten about the pain of the past and, and that desire that's way over here in the corner, in the back, in the dark. I've got you. I haven't forgotten about that. And if, because you held on, because you were faithful, because you were determined to walk upright, not just publicly, but privately, I got a blessing that has your name on it. In the midst of the famine, in the midst of all the trials and all the difficulty, wouldn't you know that Joseph's brothers came to him and said, uh, we need some grain. They didn't recognize him. We need some grain. And the Bible says they bowed down to him. What? What? The, the, the dream that happened uh, about 13 years ago, now it's coming to pass. Not only does a dream come to pass, but his father that he thought he'd never see again. His little brother that he thought he would never see again. God is working, and he brought them to Egypt, and now he gets to save their lives. My brother and my sister, I love how Joseph put it like this. What a perspective. What an anointing. What tremendous insight. You meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. You meant to hold me down, but all you did was catapult me higher. Hallelujah. You, you meant to kick me to the curb. All you did was push me into a destiny that I didn't even know that I had. God has a way of leading, of guiding, of perfecting, of developing, and sometimes we don't know it, but can I ask somebody, isn't it possible that God can do something that you don't understand? Isn't it possible for God to do something that is beyond your imagination? Uh, the Bible says, now unto him that's able to do exceeding abundantly above all we can ask or even think. God is at work. All you have to do is hold to his unchanging hand. Now, I, I, I'll close with this. I'm sure my time is gone. <sighs> I've got a, little, a lot more to say on that. But the story is of Johnny visiting his grandma in Mississippi. They went to the store. Anybody that's from the South knows that you go into town in certain areas. And back then, you would get everything from farmer's market kind of deal. And she went into the store, and uh, the grocer said, I'm just so glad to 
I'm just so glad to see you, Miss Johnson. What a blessing it is. And I see you got your little boy with you. Yeah, I got my grandson with me. He's, he's a sweet little kid, and, you know, he's from Chicago, and he's trying to get into everything. But, uh, yeah, I'm glad to have him with Oh, baby, it's so good to see you. Listen, you know, I want to do something special for him. I got a box of loose candy here. I got peppermint, I got butterscotch, I, I got some little chocolate thing, and all he has to do is reach in the box, and as, he can get as much as he wants. Just tell him to, to reach in there, and he can get it. She said, okay, Johnny, go ahead. Johnny looked at his grandma, looked at the man, looked at the grandma, looked at the man. Grandma's like, babe, I'm on the clock. We, we got to go. We got we to get back home. I got to start the, I got to start dinner. Come on, get the candy so we can go. He looked at grandma, looked at the man, looked at the man, looked at grandma. The, the store manager was like, okay, is something wrong with him? What's, what's, what's happening here? What, 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 what are we doing? Finally, grandma said, listen, I, I'm about to send you outside to get a switch. Y'all don't know nothing about that. Amen. I'm going to go, you have to go get a switch because, uh, baby, I'm trying to go and I, I'll have to discipline you. Real, okay, okay, granny. Okay, 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 granny. Just get the candy. Okay, I'm, I'm about to hurry up and get the candy. Okay, granny. Uh, I want him to give it to me. The man reached in there, both his hands pulled out the candy, put it in the bag, and they're off to the car. She said, I know you love candy. I don't understand what took so long. I mean, what, what, what was the problem about getting the candy? Johnny said, I looked at my hands, and then I looked at his hands, and I realized I could get more if the candy was in his hand. Well, I don't know how many Josephs are in this room today. I don't know how many Josephines are in here. But I want to tell you, put your family in God's hands. I, 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 I want you to put your job in God's hands. I want you to put your ministry in God's hands. Because his hands are still loving. His hands are still kind. His hands are still wise. His hands are still all-powerful and able to do more than you could ever imagine. Put your nightmare in his hands and watch him turn it inside out and fill it with purpose, with power, with grace. Will you stand with me, please? Maybe you're here today and you know what it is to have a nightmare. This, this is what I love. Being around people that aren't pretending like everything is all right when it's not. I like being around people who are struggling too or have struggled and they can say to me, been there, done that. You're going to make it. Maybe you're here today and you're saying, I'm facing a nightmare, and it ain't no joke. I want to pray for you real quick. I'm going to take three minutes. Is three minutes okay? Yeah? It's horrible when you ask somebody publicly, can I do God's will? Is that all right? <laughs> That's terrible. That's my... Thank you, brother. Thank you. 
you're here today, and yes, give me just a little music, just a little music. Can you meet me here down front, meet me here at the altar? I feel comfortable doing this because this church is so alive and vibrant. Oh, my goodness. Pastor Luke, oh, my goodness. Amazing. I believe that there's some people here, you say, I need prayer today. Will you you come down? I just want to pray with you real, real quick. Don't hesitate because I know we on the clock. Amen. We've got another service coming up. Uh, Come quickly. There's some other folks that need to come. There's some other people that need to come. I know that this was a rhema word for you today. God sent this word with you in mind. Come on, meet me down here, will you please? Just want to pray with you. Some other people that need to come, and we won't, we won't drag this out. I told Pastor, three minutes, I meant that. There's a few other people, though, that, that need to come. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. There are others that need to come, but time won't permit me to beg you. But you're saying, yeah, I need prayer too. You lift your hand. I need prayer too. Is there someone else? Amen. We won't drag you down. I see you. Amen. I see you. It's something, isn't it? Life is something. <laughs> it, this is what gets me, and I'm going to pray in a second. Sometimes you can go through something that is so shocking, so devastating, so unanticipated, that if you did tell somebody, you think they would never believe you. But I, I want somebody in here to know, you in a room full of people on a journey, you in a room full of people that have had some storms in their lives. Come on, somebody say amen. You, you're, you're in a room where people have been bruised and battered and scarred and by God's grace, we get to come and share good news in this neighborhood. Will you bow with me? Dear God, thank you so much for who you are. Thank you for the life of Joseph. We remember him for his dreams. We remember him for his achievements, his victories. But God, help us to remember that he had some nightmares. He's just like us. Thank you for his example of being faithful in the midst of the foolishness. In the midst of the pain, in the midst of the sorrow, in the midst of the abandonment. I pray for those who come to the altar today that you would strengthen them. You would lead them. You would guide them. Give them to know that you've got a clock and a calendar and you have not left them. You have not forsaken them, but you're making them and you're molding them into what you'd have them to be. Have your way in their lives. I pray that they'll walk in that blessed assurance. They'll walk in that that assurance that you're God and the devil is not. Hallelujah. That heaven has the final say. Even though hell seems to be raging and, and blurting out all kind of curses and condemnations and dreary, weary, mean-spirited prophecies of failure. Give them to know that you are with them and every stumbling block will turn into a stepping stone. Let it be so in the name of Jesus. I pray for those that have come to the altar. I pray for those that lifted their hand. Give them to walk in a peace that passes all understanding, knowing that you're God and the devil is defeated. 
God, we love you. We give you praise right now in Jesus' mighty name. Somebody shout, thank God. Thank God. Amen. Come on, let's give God a praise. Will you help me do that? This has been the Good News Neighborhood Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you've enjoyed the song. I hope it's been helpful to you. We'll see you again soon. This is good news.